0: live hey welcome to another edition of the Vistage Podcast series. I'm Dave Nelson, a Vistage member since way back in 2003, although my guest is going to put me to shame on that I am part of CEO Group 676 in Pittsburgh and your podcast host today. It is my great pleasure with this series to highlight extraordinary leaders. today I'm joined by Rhoda Olson. Hey Rhoda, welcome to the podcast
1: Thank you thank you Dave.
0: All right, so just a quick introduction for folks who I'm sure they probably know your company, but maybe not you. So uh, Rhoda is the CEO of Great Clips, and she brings more than 20 years of uh, executive leadership experience to various positions at Great Clips. In fact, uh, when Rhoda joined the executive team in 1987, Great Clips was a regional chain of just 180 salons owned by three partners. So Rhoda, where are you today?
1: We are at almost 3,800 salons, and we'll do about $1.2 billion in revenue system wide right this year.
0: Okay, so I can only say, wow. <laughs> all right, so Rhoda brings a deep understanding of what makes successful organizations work, and we're going to talk about some of that, share some of her ideas and tips for all of us. While providing leadership at the corporate level, Rhoda also works closely with franchisees, helping them take advantage of a powerful network of people, Tools and resources to ensure their success. So, um, Rhoda, when did you join Vistage?
1: I joined Vistage um, immediately after I became president at Great Clips in 1998. So, I am um, hitting the 17-year mark.
0: Now that's that's awesome. Uh, we'll talk a bit about Vistage and, and some of your learnings as we go. But I want to just pay you a quick compliment. Uh, you know, I did a little research here as I was preparing for the. Podcast, and you know, went to the Great Clips website, and um, you know, first thing I do is click into the About Us section, and um, I spend a lot of my time talking to uh, businesses, business leaders about marketing, social media, search engine, engine optimization, winning the search game, and so on. And one of my uh, favorite points is that marketing is not about us. So, folks, listen to the. Ab- quote about a section on the great clips website it says today's fast-paced lifestyle means you need a salon that fits your schedule. That's why we're open evenings and weekends, no appointments necessary. At Great Clips, you can relax because you know you will get an affordable quality haircut and a comfortable, friendly salon. Then it goes on to talk about your, um, your online check-in and, and mobile app, which, by the way, is another thing I'm always harping on. We're in a mobile world where there are six or seven times more of these smart mobile devices than traditional computers being sold each year. So So So, Rhoda, you're rocking right on with my philosophy. Thank you. Yeah, so keep up the the good work. Hey, let's start with this. You have a little different kind of challenge in your business because your relationship is not with – your actual end customers, but with the franchisees that own the the salons that provide the services. So tell me a little bit about uh, both the challenges that that uh, brings and and how you're able to tackle them and and what general advice you might have for our listeners today.
1: Well, sometimes I do feel like tackling a franchisee now and then, but most of the time they're um, (laughs) the great allies. You know, being in a franchise business, I think, is one of the biggest challenges because From a communication standpoint and a collaboration standpoint, you're working with independent business people. They become a franchisee because they want some control over their future. They want the leverage of a strong brand and a system, but they're incredibly bright folks, oftentimes very much like Vistage members. They're usually executive level experience. Um, usually have a pretty solid net worth, have been successful, and they want more control, so they become franchisees, and then we have to try and manage them. We have to try and help those folks all do the same thing when they all have a different idea about what we should be doing. And we do have a legal agreement with them, but for the most part, we really have to use leadership tools, resources, data, to help them understand why we want them to do the things we do. And we don't have direct control like in a corporation where you can just tell the employees what to do. We have to cajole and influence, and we also have to collaborate with them and use them and bring them in um, to the discussions and decisions. So it is is a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. We have over 1,000 really bright franchisees, and they challenge us every day, and some companies have to pay millions of dollars for that feedback loop and we get continuous feedback from pretty talented people. And I think that's you know, why you see what you see on our website, Dave, and why we have done things differently from a technology standpoint is because they also push us.
0: That's that's fabulous. I'm just curious a little bit about how you interact with them. How much is through, say, online systems? Um, you know, you getting out in the field, or that they're coming back to some kind of conference or training session at uh, headquarters or at some nice resort. Tell me a little bit about uh, about the relationship and the tools there.
1: Well, they love nice resorts. I bet. Um, you know, <laughs> Don't we of, all? <laughs> one of the things that. You know, it feels to me like in this world you have the high human contact or the high technology contact, and the middle stuff's kind of gone away. So we do have several key meetings. We have uh, two key meetings a year with some of our largest franchisees. Those are franchisees that probably have between, you know, 10 and 50 salons. They're multi-unit franchisees. They've built larger organizations. We meet with them twice a year. That's about 70 to 100 folks. Then we have what we call as our spring Institute or our Institute. It will be in Austin, Texas this year that's about two hundred franchisees from across the board all size organizations um, you know in this particular session that's upcoming will be about change and we'll be talking about change leadership. then we in the fall this year'll we'll have four regional zone meetings where we um, actually are in I think Indianapolis, Las Vegas, Atlanta, and Pittsburgh. And um, those will be groups of five to 700 folks, uh, franchisees and managers. So we do maintain quite a bit of personal contact. I'm also on the road about 100 nights a year. Um, I am in industry events, franchisee meetings. I was just recently over the weekend at a St. Louis market rally, which was about 520 franchisees, managers, and their staff. Um, I really believe that you need to stay out there. I love being in the salons. Um, I can walk into a salon fairly incognito, sit in the back room with a stylist, talk to customers. Um, Often when I say I'm from great clips, they think maybe I'm in accounting or something. So um, I really do think that you need to stay out there and stay in touch and then use technology as a resource for the things that are more knowledge-based, information-based, Obviously, our business intelligence and technology areas do tons of webinars. Our marketing folks are more likely to be live. So some of it does depend on the area of expertise. But we have a great online university. Um, We have shifted our management training to a blended course where we use both online and class. So we try and leverage that technology for the things that don't need the human touch. And then when we are engaged with our franchisees, and their staff, we try very hard to be connected and um, really strengthen that relationship and, and build the right focus um, and vision all the way through the organization.
0: Love it. So technology plus human, what, what a great combination, novel concept in this technology world we're in. Hey, um, that's great advice. What was the best business advice you ever received?
1: Oh, it would have to be, I think there's a combination question here regarding mentor and advice, but I would say that my brother Ray, who I'm in business with, um, he is the majority owner um, of Great Clips, and I'm a a shareholder, and um, Ray's advice to me over and over and over again, and it took me quite some time to really grasp what was focused. You know, it just seems like um, with so many things going on in the organization and a breadth of responsibility, it's just incredibly hard to focus. And um, once we really grasped um, that throughout the organization, it made a huge difference. Um, Although you want to be fully aware of all the things that are going on around you, if you've got 3,800 salons and you aren't consistent in your message and your focus, I don't think you get the results um, that we have. We we are approaching 42 consecutive quarters of same salon sales growth, um, all the way through the recession. We've been building momentum, and um, you know we think it's because of that focus.
0: Uh, let me just make sure I understand that because that sounds like a really impressive claim. Not just growth in the uh, revenue of the overall firm, which if you're adding salons all the time might be possible but you're saying 42 quarters of same salon sales growth?
1: Yes, I am. 42 quarters, That's 10 and a half amazing. years consecutive through the Unbelievable. recession. Believable. And and through a franchise organization where you know you have to get other folks to do the same things and we're pretty proud of that. Um, you know, you should
0: we should be. <laughs> wow. <laughs> i don't know that there's any other firm in the world that could claim that or certainly will say that i could probably count them if i did some research on one hand um any particular uh advice uh, to the rest of us how is that possible because that that is an amazing record of consistency
1: well i think it i think it has to do with that focus dave and when you have a large organization, it seems like the tendency is to get more fragmented um, in two thousand and five um actually i'd been ill for about just over a year. I had a cancer battle um in two thousand and four, and in two thousand three two thousand and four we started to level out. We had some declining um, revenue and customer accounts and then I had this health scare they weren't related, but it certainly energized me as at coming back because you know, one of the things when I was incredibly ill, you know, there was even a question about whether or I would come back. And I said, well, I can turn this around. And I was committed to make sure that we turned it around. And um, But one of the things we did is we decided we needed a common language. You know, there are so many brands out there that believe that their brand is clear. I thought our brand was clear. But if you sat with a group of executives and franchisees and asked them to describe the brand, They would all say similar things, but they would use different language. So what we did is we did use an outside resource, a very skilled outside resource and kind of brand strategy to really refine our brand, use common language, narrow the measurements that we used. I guess in corporate BS you would call those metrics, but we have three words that define our brand, comfort, freedom, and connection, um, we really want to create a connection with the, with the customer's comfort zone. That's one of our our promises, or brand promise. And then we have six measures that measure everything that happens in the salon. And those measures include Saturday Sunday hours, new return percentage of customer new retur- customers that return, repeat customer return, wait times, um, and then Saturday Sunday wait times and overall customer count. So we've got six measures and three keywords with behaviors that are on one page back and front that everybody has with them. We use the same language. When I go out to do a meeting, I don't have to prepare because I'm going to talk about the same thing. And that takes discipline because we get tired of it, but to be honest, our customers don't and our staff don't because they probably don't hear it enough. So that repetition does create pretty positive results. At the same time, You want to protect that core. We always say we want to innovate around the core. So the other thing we've said is we want to protect this core, but we know we have to innovate. That's where the app comes from. That's where some of our other technology initiatives come from. That's where our vast business intelligence and data comes from. So, um, you know, you want a simple core that people can understand, but then you need to innovate around that.
0: Uh, well, I, I like the, um, I mean, those are six pretty powerful metrics, but also very easy to understand. And, and I like the fact that you talked about the, the connection. You know, we humans are, I think, wired somewhere in our DNA to be always seeking that connection. And so to tie the brand to that is, is fabulous, especially for what you do, something that is so personal. I was going to ask you about what you're most proud of in your professional life, but look, you're 21 times more salons, 42 consecutive quarters. Of, I don't. <laughs> ne- I, we don't even need to go there. So I'm just going to jump forward to uh, okay. your, your, you know, your CEO in in charge. Well, I'll say quote in charge because I think you've already uh, caveated that a little. bit. what has surprised you most, though, about uh, being in this position?
1: Um. Boy, I think one of the things that I forget about is, and this is going to sound funny, Dave, that I'm CEO, and so when I make statements, I say things, I disrupt something, I challenge someone, sometimes the impact is unintended, either positive or negative, so sometimes I you know, think that if I say something, it's just like anybody else saying something, and I think Oftentimes, as executives, we need to understand that everything we say matters. Um, I think, you know, I've been surprised sometimes. Um, I had a discussion the other day with the real estate folks, and I think they felt I was being, you know, critical because I was asking questions, and, I had to go back and say, wait a minute, you didn't do anything wrong. I just needed a little bit more information. So, you know, that's probably one of the things that surprises me is that I am CEO. and <laughs> People actually treat me like one, and it's like, well, wait a minute, that was just a comment, a casual comment. So, yeah,
0: that's, that's well said. I've, I've heard the expression, uh, you cast a longer shadow than you know, and, uh, you know, this is probably one facet of that.
1: Yes, yes. So,
0: so what's the hardest thing about being a leader?
1: Oh, I think the hardest thing is trying to balance and make decisions based on where you currently are in the future. And right now, for most of it, that that really is how do you make the right technology decisions? I mean, Dave, you talked about your business background, your skills in the digital arena, and companies right now are so challenged in how to make the right decisions. They're faced with all kinds of opportunities. That are very costly, and how do you make the best decisions for your customers, your franchisees, your staff in the salons? Um, I just it's gotten more and more complex. So I often feel too, like my my job is very practical in the salons, interacting with staff, handing them cookies, you know, um, moving chairs around in a meeting room. Too incredibly complex, making sure that when we do a new app that we meet all the legal requirements, You know, having to change a, te- change a texting strategy that we were ready to deploy because of legal risk. Um, so I feel like my position also is extreme. It's a very simple and a very complex, and I think that's pretty challenging. Interesting.
0: You mentioned earlier that you've been in Vistage for 17 years. Um, what's the most valuable thing or just one really valuable thing that you've accomplished as a result of being in Vistage?
1: I think Vistage provides a level of accountability um, that sometimes is hard to get in your own organization. You have a group of peers that will be honest with you. You have the the chairman, in my case, Jack Sell, who is also a franchisee, by the way, um, who asks questions and holds you accountable, and I think sometimes when you're in in the top of your organization, people aren't willing to challenge you, um, but they are in Vistage. I also think it gets you outside of your industry and kind of being with Greg Clips 28 years, you know, I think that I could get a little bit um, jaded or narrow in my view. And I think Vistage provides a breadth um, with the speakers and the peers in the group that is just unbeatable.
0: Yeah, I I probably would have answered in much the same way that accountability, you know, you share... You work a an issue with your, you know, the mastermind group if we can call a vistage group that and you make a commitment about things that you're gonna do, but then your group and your chair, you know, they're expecting to hear back the um, the next month. Okay, how'd it go? What'd you do? Yep. And yeah. uh, I I found that uh, not only would I bring up things in Vistage uh, that maybe I wouldn't raise with my board of directors, it's just a more comfortable environment. A little bit more, you know confidential yes. <laughs> confidential and, and safe. But I I like that accountability that comes out of it.
1: Uh, So, what's your um, what's your mantra? Um, My mantra is a quote that I probably use as often as I can. Um, I believe the person it's Ted Hampson who Ned Ned Hampson. I don't even have the name right. And the quote is, the role of a leader is not to manage and change others, it's to manage and change yourself. And I believe that's kept me on my toes when I get stuck and I believe that someone else needs to change. I back up and say, okay, what do I need to change in order to get the organization to change? What do I need to change in order to get this situation to change? How do I need to change in order to get this department to go a different direction? So... Um, it really is one of the things that I talk about often. I have three sons. I raised three sons. My husband and I've been married 41 years. My boys are 35, 36, and 38. It wasn't easy, but that was one of the things raising the boys that I would always think about. Is okay. What can I do differently to get their attention? They're misbehaving. <laughs> so you know. So it's been my mantra for a long time.
0: Well, congratulations on that, and also on. Uh, your successful battle with uh, your health scare earlier in in life—it sounds like you're well, well past that now. So uh, I am.
1: Yeah,
0: and it feels great. Yes, that's good. Good to hear. And so you mentioned again earlier the advice you received from your brother. Focus. Uh, have you had uh, you know another or a really great mentor along the way? And and what was it that made them a uh, him or her a great mentor?
1: Oh, I've had so many. That's a hard question, Dave. I think I would the other person that I would. Um, point to is a gentleman who was actually the founder of Great Clips. His name is David Rubender, and um I work obviously closely with Ray and David, and they both had such different views ray David was from the stylist background he was technical, he developed our system he you know Ray was more analytical numbers deal driven and David had the people side and the industry side, and I just learned so much from working with him. Um, you know, the relationship with the stylist, the importance of that relationship to the way we serve customers, the the technical side, he was just um, incredible. And he, um, Ray, he and Ray split, um, you know, Ray um, purchased um, the majority share of the business and then David exited with um, money and became a franchisee and he has over 70 salons. So we still stay connected, but he just had, just um, He was a mentor related to the industry. I don't come from a hairstyling background. I'm not a stylist, so I needed that um, pretty clearly to be able to be successful in a business.
0: All right. Well, Rhoda Olson, CEO of Great Clips, It's uh, it was great speaking with you today. Thanks for joining the
1: podcast. Thank you very much, Dave. It was great working with you.
0: All right. Well, folks, if you're interested in learning more about Vistage, please check out Vistage.com. That's V-I-S-T-A-G-E.com. It's a great way to take your business to the next level. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vistage podcast series. We hope it helps you accelerate your business.